it episode 114 of the Keto for Women show. You're listening to the Keto for Women show. This podcast provides the tools you need to create your own expression of a healthy ketogenic lifestyle so you can stop obsessing and start living. I'm your host and nutritionist, Sean Miner. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, hey, friends, welcome back. Thanks as always for joining me on this episode of Keto for Women. I cannot wait to get to our guest today. You guys are going to have so many light bulb moments and just really connect with the information that Laura Goldner and I talk about today. She is a practicing Denver psychologist here locally to me. We've become friends over the past few months with our shared knowledge and information about how women need to heal their mindsets in order to heal their body. So we're going to talk about that today with a real true psychologist. I just was in awe the whole time, and I think you will be too. But first, I want to take just a quick second because I have some really big news that I can finally share with you. And if you've been listening over the past few months, I feel like it's been, I have been teasing you a little bit about these projects that I have coming up. So I now officially can reveal one of the two projects I have coming out this fall. So I want to take just a second right now to do that because it is happening soon and I want you to be a part of it. All right, let me introduce you to Empower Intensive, my new mindset coaching call series. So just think about that name for a second. Empower, my favorite thing to do for people. Intensive, like intensive. We're getting serious here. So yes, these are coaching calls that are going to be deep dives into the real reasons why you are stuck, why you're not getting the results you're expecting, why you're not feeling any better, you still have health issues, you're not losing any weight, etc. All these things, we're going to go over the real reason, which by now, I hope you understand, is because of your mindset. We are going to cover that. So every single month, they're going to be semi-monthly, I'm calling it, because I'm not exactly sure of the full schedule, but they will be you know, four or five weeks apart. We are going to have a live coaching call about a specific topic. And these topics will be mainly focused on changes in your mindset regarding your diet, your body, your weight, your health why you're self-sabotaging, why you can't get motivated, why you can't accept your body now, all this stuff. We're getting into the nitty gritty about it and what we as women are constantly challenged with. And I am right there with you. I've been through it all. And that's, I guess, part of the reason why I feel like I'm qualified to even teach these interactive intensive coaching calls is because I have so been there with you. And I think you all know that by now and I'm out of it. And now I want to help you. So they are 90 minute live interactive calls, which means you will have the opportunity to ask me questions. I'll go through some coaching for you all. So how it will work 60 minutes, I'm going to be teaching in-depth teaching about that particular topic, 
all the things you're not thinking about, stuff we're definitely not covering here on the Keto for Women show because we just don't have time. It's not visual. I need visuals in order to teach. We are kind of glazing over, going over things quickly here on the Keto for Women show. We are going to get into it, really get into it in that 60 minutes. Then I'm going to spend about 25 minutes going into some live Q&A coaching. So I will coach you through whatever your sticky point is. As a participant, you'll be able to hear that coaching. And of course, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but one of my favorite things is listening to other people being coached because I get so much from that other person's situation that is relevant to mine. And then the last few minutes of the call, I'll go over the action items for the month, which brings me to a point. There's homework. You can basically think about this as you're going back to school. I want you to go back to school and learn the stuff that is actually going to change your life. Not chemistry, not biology, not algebra. We're learning the real stuff that we really need to know in order to live a better life and be happier and see the things that we want to see, have them come true. So that's what we're going to learn when we go back to school this time. But yes, there's homework because with mindset work, you can't just learn. You can't just hear someone, take some notes and think you're good. You have to do. You have to do the work. You have to integrate it into your life. It's not always easy. It's not always fun, but you have to do it and it makes it so worth it when your life changes. When you feel and see those changes, it makes it all worth it. All right, so let's talk about what else is included in these calls. So not only do you get access to the live call, so you can be on this call live with me for an hour and a half, once a month, see my face, see the slideshow that I'll be presenting to help you learn. It won't be boring, I promise. It'll be cool. Whenever I think of slideshows, I think super boring, like I want to fall asleep. It's not that. We'll have a lot more fun, I promise. I think you can already tell by how passionate I am about this stuff that it's not going to be boring. But anyway, and if you can't make it live, side note, you will get a recording. Every single person gets a recording of what was covered, like the entire video, forever. You have it for lifetime access. You can go back and watch it a thousand times if you want. I don't know if I'd do that. I think I'd get really sick of myself, but you can. <laughs> anyway, so access to the live call and or the recording, the chance to ask me your questions. You will also get a printable outline before the call to help you take notes. So it'll be everything that we're covering in the call in a really good, easy place to take notes in relationship to you and your life and your situation. Because again, I want you to get this stuff and implement it, which means you need to be listening and paying attention and note taking helps with that so much. So you'll get a, a nice printable place for you to take notes about what's going on in that call. You'll also get that list of action items that I talked about. So once the call is over, you will get a list of everything you're working on for that month. And it's going to be like three to five things. It's not going to be like 20 things you're supposed to do for the whole month. It'll be very easily integratable into your life without taking over your life, I promise, because that's just another way to not have it work is to overload yourself, as I think we all know. And then you also get an invitation into the Empower Intensive Book Club. I have been wanting to have a book club for my whole life, basically. I'm a huge reader. I love to read. 
I actually love reading about this kind of work and this kind of stuff. It is fascinating information. There are some great books out there and I want to share them with you and I want us to go through that together. So every call, there will be an accompanying book and you can take the time that following month to read the book and we'll spend a few minutes at the beginning of the next call going over what we liked, what we didn't, what we agreed with, what we didn't agree with, all that stuff. It'll be like an actual book club, but it'll be specifically regarding these topics like diet, body, diet industry, the lies you've been told, all that stuff. It'll be really, really cool. You get all that for your lifetime. You get lifetime access to all of those materials, including that recording of the call. So you can re-go through everything. If for whatever reason you got sidetracked the month that we did this, you can go back in three months or six months or a year and do it again. And it will always be helpful. That much I know. So the best part about this all, are you ready? You're going to get all of this for $29, not $290, $29. The reason why I want to make this kind of work accessible to everyone because everyone needs it. We all need it. We all should have the ability to change our minds and change our lives as a result. So 29 bucks, that's all it is. And I should mention that's per call because I want you to have the ability to go a la carte with this. Maybe there are some topics that don't interest you. Maybe there are some that you really need. It's totally up to you and your situation. Now, what I will say, like I mentioned, they build on each other. So we're starting right now in September with how to silence your diet ego so you can listen to your body. And remember in last week's episode, I mentioned and explained a little bit about the diet ego or basically just in general how our ego takes over everything we think about and how it provokes negative emotions around your food. It keeps you stuck. It just keeps you from being able to listen to your intuition. So you know a little bit about the diet ego, but now we're diving in way deeper into that voice in your head that's telling you what's good and bad, what's on and off the plan. It's telling you to restrict your food only so you go and binge, which is also responsible for that binge. It tells you that eating fewer calories is all you need to do to lose weight. It's telling you a lot of things that are not true and are keeping you stuck and keeping you from doing the real work, which is with your mindset. That is the topic of the first call because it is also the very first step to healing any other mindset issues you have around your body or your diet. You've got to get rid of your diet ego and you've got to start tapping in and listening to your body, listening to your intuition, understanding what that even means, understanding what the difference is between your ego and your intuition. You've got to do all that first. So whether you're dealing with emotional or binge eating, body image issues, yo-yo dieting, not being able to get rid of the stories you've been told around diet and body from society, your mom, your dad, the diet industry. If you can't seem to calm that chatter, we need to talk. 
and we're going to do that soon. So if this sounds like something you could use, join me. The call is going to be September 3rd at 5 p.m. Mountain Time. Remember, if you can't make it live, you'll get a recording within 24 hours of the event, plus the exact same materials available to you forever. So no big deal. If you can't be there September 3rd at 5 p.m., you will still be just as much a part of the call as anybody else. You just won't have the possibility of asking me any live questions. All right, so silencing the diet ego so you can finally listen to your body. That registration for that call is open right now, okay? Right now, you can reserve your spot. Of course, spots are limited. Anytime there's anything live, spots have to be limited and they are given on a first come, first serve basis. Once they're gone, they're gone. No ifs, ands, or buts, no exceptions, If you know you want to spend just $29 to take this first very important critical step to healing everything about your mindset and how you view food and your body, you need to be there. You're going to head to seanminer.com slash empower. That's E-M-P. O-W-E-R, seanminer.com slash empower. You will be able to sign up there. You can also go to seanminer.com slash mindset. This is very important. seanminer.com slash mindset and sign up to be a VIP so you get to know this schedule for the rest of the calls as we go through this monthly series. So when the topics come out and when the schedule comes out, you will be the very first to know and the very first to be able to enroll. So if you're interested in this, And my second mindset project that's coming out very soon, you will want to get on that VIP list because that will basically ensure your spot in these future calls. And it lets me know too that that is something that you're interested in and that you do want to be notified. It's that easy. All right, Empower Intensive, our first call, September 3rd, how to silence your diet ego. You can be there. You can get the recording. For those two options, you have to go and register. Or you could not be there and not get the recordings and it's not something you're interested in. That's totally cool too. But go get your spot now if you are interested. All right, now let's get into this fabulous episode with Laura Goldner. Let me give her a proper introduction here. She is a licensed clinical psychologist. She earned her doctorate in psychology in 1999 from the University of Denver's Graduate School of Professional Psychology. She got her BA from Vassar College. Laura has experienced being both a stay-at-home mother and a working mother and understands the challenges and joys of both. In practicing what she preaches, yoga and meditation are an important part of her mind-body connection and self-care, as is quiet time in nature and outdoor pursuits. As a psychologist, Laura uses clinical skills and expertise combined with personal experiences gained from motherhood, marriage, divorce, and life to help women listen to their instincts, find their own voice, and create the changes they desire in life. She has worked with clients of all ages since becoming a therapist over 20 years ago, helping people with many different life issues. She uses a collaborative approach to therapy, drawing from a wide variety of modalities to help women move from where they are to where they want to be. She is 
also certified in Will I Ever Be Good Enough? Healing the Daughters of Narcissistic Mothers, a powerful approach to healing this dynamic. All right. I can't wait for you to hear from Laura. Let's do it. Laura, thank you so much for coming on the Keto for Women show today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I've really been looking forward to this. Yeah. And we have been connecting for a few months now. We have a lot in common. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really excited to basically spend a few minutes picking your brain based on what you do in your practice. So you are a psychologist in the Denver area and you specialize in women and moms. Yes. But then you have even further found more of a specialty, specifically talking to women about food issues, body image issues, self-love, self-care issues, and all that good stuff that we talk about so much here on the Keto for Women show. So it's obviously a match made in heaven <laughs> right now already. We know this. <laughs> but anyway, I would love for you to introduce yourself to everyone. Tell us a little bit more about what you do, how you got into it, all that good stuff. Sure. Yes, I'm a psychologist in private practice, Denver Counseling for Women. And when I started forming my private practice about maybe 10 years ago, I really was just looking at who are the people I felt most connected to, most successful with, most passionate about working with. And it was really, really helping women who are in transitions because I think those difficult, messy times in life, whether it's, you know, ending college and starting a new career, moving into relationship, getting married, having children, mm-hmm. menopause, you know, all of these things are getting divorced. You know, there are these really difficult, exciting times that everything gets thrown up in the air. And as difficult as it can be, it's also this really valuable time where kind of the scab gets ripped off and stuff comes up. Mm-hmm. And it is an opportunity for enormous insight, for enormous healing and shifting the direction of your life. And, you know, I think when women are in their best place, really grounded in themselves and self-love, everybody around them benefits. The whole world is better. (laughs) (laughs) The whole world is better off when we're all in a good place. I would agree with that. And so I think it sounds like it just kind of naturally unfolded for you that there were women coming to you and they probably came to you in these transitions and that's when they needed help and your guidance. Did you find when that happened that a lot of the issues they were having then kind of spurred into having food and body images like around those times is when we start maybe comforting with food, we start being really mean to ourselves and that kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, it is rare to find a woman who is completely at peace with her body, who is completely at peace with food, who is, you know, has this wonderful, varied self-soothing tool bag. And so, yeah, this was one of the issues that in the the general practice of working with women and moms became this cluster of really frequently occurring issues. And even if somebody was explicitly coming in to sort of, you know, talk about food or talk about weight loss or getting healthy, it isn't just about that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think sometimes food and weight and health issues are actually just the ground on which other stuff is getting played out. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that is the most common reason. Do you see that a lot of that is coming all the way from like childhood and things we learned growing up and then now we are trying to play that out in our adult life? Oh, absolutely. I mean, 
what we learned on our own homes and kitchens growing up and even going back generations. Mm -hmm. I discovered I carried, you know, three generations back of being, you know, poor Russian peasants (laughs) and used to be like afraid of an empty fridge. Yes, that's so true. So I think there's things that we carry both overtly and covertly from our families of origin and our, like I said, even our ancestral lineage, we just carry things with us that we aren't conscious of. Yes, exactly. So when you talk to these women, how do you even approach that? Especially for someone who doesn't even know that they have this stuff going on that is just kind of, you know, thinking, oh, I went through a divorce. Now I'm really unhappy. I need to do something about it. But then you start diving further and further and further into this stuff Mm -hmm. and realizing that they do have some really negative self-talk going on, body image stuff. They're trying to control their food only to go binge later. Mm -hmm. It's all very common stuff, right? Oh yeah, totally. And you know, it's interesting because I think one of the first things is just to make it conscious. Mm -hmm. I think for some people, men and women, but we don't even, we just cut off. You know, one of the things that is an early warning sign that somebody's disconnected from their body is they'll be talking about something emotionally difficult. And I will ask them, how does it feel in their body? Or where do they feel it in their body? And they're completely connected from it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes one of the early things is literally just doing breathing. You know, what does it feel like? What does your body feel like? Or starting to do various sorts of kind of guided exercises to connect to their bodies. Because I mean, think about it. If you're not paying attention to what your body feels like, you're not aware you're stressed until you're, you know, halfway through a pint of Ben and Jerry's. Mm-hmm. You're not realizing you're tense, maybe until you're having a full-blown panic attack. You're not even realizing you can't tell hunger cues, you know, hunger and satiety cues. You're just not connected to them. Right. So for some people, that's actually just a really important fundamental. Just anybody. I mean, I feel like there's so many of us who don't even know how we feel in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And then we're trying to get healthy. We're trying to lose weight. We're trying to figure out our diet. We're trying to do all this stuff. But we have no idea how we even feel in our own bodies. Right. So, you know, like, yeah, these simple things like having some sort of breath work, having a, mm-hmm. a practice just around breathing and learning how it feels to actually breathe. Exactly. I love that idea. Yeah, it's a really powerful piece of self-awareness. And then there's this other really, like when we're specifically looking at food and people's issues around, complicated issues around food and eating, there is almost always guilt and shame tied up with it. Mm -hmm. So there's this really complex thing, which is people feel bad. They go to the thing they know, which is food. I'm going to go have that piece of cake and they wolf it down. And then five minutes later, they feel awful. Of course. And so what they've actually done is undone any good, you know, look, food can be a comfort Mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it can be a joy. It should be a joy. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But we're so tied up and, you know, you talk about this all the time and the shoulds and the oughts and the mustn'ts and the bad food and the good food. And we aren't paying attention and losing connection to what we're doing with that. And so sometimes when somebody's saying, you know what, my cholesterol is really high, I need to change the way I eat and I feel guilty. And I'm like, you know what, I want you to go have whatever you're going to eat. You know, you go have that macaroni and cheese at the bar, at the salad bar. Mm -hmm. And I want you to enjoy every mouthful of it. I want you to slow down, pay attention to how it feels in your body 
And then, you know, and this is something that, you know, I often do with them because the guilt is so hard to address on their own. Right. But sitting with first, just allowing it to be what it is. And, you know, I think part of your thing about, you know, listen to how your body feels. What does hunger feel like? How does eating a particular food make you feel? Because it isn't one size fits all. Never, never, ever. And, you know, going to that macaroni and cheese scenario, if you're really taking every single bite and really enjoying it and understanding what it's doing in your body, if if it is making you feel good, if it's making you feel bad, is it satisfying a craving that you had? Are you still hungry or are you super full afterwards? Mm-hmm. All it is is slowing down. Right. And acknowledging what's going on. Right. And paying attention to allowing it to like being with the pleasure of it mm-hmm. and then recognizing and starting to understand the role that the shame plays in driving the behavior. Cause you feel ashamed, you retreat, you feel awful, you get tense. And then that drives the cycle. I want to go comfort myself again. It's a never ending cycle. Right. And it's not that, you know, as I said, food can occasionally be a comfort or, and should always be a joy. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I also work on is helping people build a whole toolbox of different means of coping, calming, soothing. Right. Because I think, is it true that a lot of us just assume that food is going to be it? Right. Like, it's like, I'm feeling an emotion. Where's the fridge? Right. It's the quick, easy go-to. Yes. But there are so many other things that all of us probably have. And this may be something that maybe you have seen is it's almost like as we become stressed or we become these career women or we become moms, it's like we kind of forget the other stuff that makes us happy in our lives. Yeah. And so then when we do have an emotion, we can't turn to this like amazing hobby that we have because now we don't really have it because we have our career or our kids or our husbands or our wives, whatever. And it becomes like, we don't know how to cope. We don't have any tools. Right. Well, and there's this interesting and complicated thing for women. We have this, I believe, a biological urge to nurture. Mm-hmm whether it's our dogs or our plants or our kids or our partners or our... It's so true. And one of the things that I work a lot with women on that absolutely ties into food, body image, sexuality, whatever, is we are drawn to take care of everybody else. And it's often can be very fulfilling, but we do it at the cost of ourselves. And so many women come in saying, you know, I just, I don't have time. I don't have time for me. I don't have time to exercise or make a meal or I don't have time. You know, I'm too busy to meditate, mm-hmm. which is you know, completely counter. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's so much guilt and shame and even pressure from other people in our lives to be that role. And then if we give and give and give, we deplete ourselves. And then not only do we have less to give, but what we do have to give comes from not a clear, clean place. Right. And, you know, I I will sometimes frame it as the more that we take care of ourselves, the more that we have to give to others. That's really abundant. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And yet it's really hard for people, for women to do that. And does it have something to go kind of some sort of connection to this kind of, I hate to call it this, but this hate that we have for ourselves or our bodies or just not feeling worthy, feeling guilty about everything that we do. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Like we don't feel like we deserve to take time for ourselves. Yeah. And I will sometimes ask women, whether it's about, you know, spending the money on something for themselves or the time. I'm like, if your child needed, you know, to spend $500 on a health thing, would you do it? They're like, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. No question. But when they think about themselves, oh, well, you know, we just don't, we can't afford it and we don't have the money and there's more important things. Mm. What are you telling yourself? You are unworthy. Exactly. You're not worthy of taking what you need to do to get well. Right. It's not an important thing. It's not on the priority list. Right. And there are so many things, if you really look at, you know, sometimes have women write down their priority list, you know, and of course they're either not on it or at the bottom. And then we really look at it. Yes, we do have to take care of our children and we do need time for our partners and we do need to make sure there's food on the table and clean clothing. Those are true. And look at all these other things. Like, are those really necessary? Do those really become come before your health and emotional well-being? And again, I will revisit what I said at the beginning, which is, you know, if you're okay, everybody else is going to be okay around you. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll probably be better. Right. So then going back to, you know, we turn to food. It's a very natural, normal societal almost thing, I think, for women to turn to food when they have any emotion, whether it be stress, sadness, joy, excitement, any emotion is there's some sort of connection to food. And so you're saying, start looking at some other ways that you can express that emotion. So what are some examples of things that we could do? Well, again, some of it can start with just awareness. Like, what am I feeling right now? Is this hunger, is that thing, that pit in my stomach, is that hunger or is that tension? Mm-hmm. What would happen if I, I spent five minutes breathing? It's so interesting. Sometimes I will have clients in my office, you know, anxiety really stirred up. And I will lead them through literally three or four minutes of breath exercise or a guided meditation. And it's like their anxiety goes from a 10 to a three. Mm. Three minutes, five minutes. There's this really easy breath technique called the four, seven, eight where you breathe in for four, mm-hmm. you hold for seven and you breathe out for eight. Or if in the beginning that's too much lung capacity for you, then you can shorten that. But the important thing is the extended exhale. So the extended exhale is a signal to the body that it's safe to relax. I mean, if you think about like when you come home and you like flop on the sofa, you go, oh. Yes. I think a lot of people think deep breathing is this, oh. and that's the sound we make when we're frightened or when we're startled. Right. So doing extended exhale breathing can be a really very quick way to calm yourself. Oh, I love it. And then there's lots of other things that, you know, writing about it. One of the things that I would sometimes do with women are trying to change their, you know, that pattern is to simply spend maybe a minute before they start eating saying, what are they feeling in their body? What are they feeling in their mood? What makes them want this particular thing they're going to eat? No judgments, just self-awareness. Right. I really emphasize women looking at their patterns with curiosity and compassion and not criticism mm-hmm. because the criticism and the shame will drive it underground. You're never going to get the real answers. Ooh, I love that so much. Curiosity and compassion. Yeah. Oh, not criticism. Oh, I love that so much. That may, I mean, you can apply that to every area of life. Every area. I mean, I, I, every day, you know, with almost every client I see every day, that question comes up. Oh, I love it so much. All right. I have a little bit of a loaded question for you. It'll spark some good conversation, I think. (laughs) Why do we hate our bodies so much? Well, 
It is a really complicated issue. And I'll throw out various thoughts I've had over the years because, you know, I've, I'm part of this culture with everybody else. Yeah, I mean, we're not, yeah, none of us are immune, that's for sure. Yes, I think one of the things is that is, it's certainly starting to shift now, but, you know, when I was coming of age and, you know, maybe, except for maybe the last few years, when's the last time you saw somebody on a screen in acting who's the object of sexual attraction or, or having sex who was bigger than a size four? unless it was a ridicule. Right. And, you know, same thing with all the, the media, everybody being airbrushed within an inch of their lives. And mm-hmm. I think some of it is that. And I even find myself, you know, now these days I see in catalogs, you know, very average size women and above average size women, you know, in underwear, as underwear models and clothing models. And it's, it's like, every time I see it, it's this like it jolts me into this realization of what I've been absorbing, what we've all been absorbing our entire lives. Yeah, it actually is true that now, since there are so many more companies getting on this, like all bodies are beautiful movement, which is great. But now it's like, it's still, yeah, you still notice it. Right. It still almost seems weird, which means what have we been doing these past however many years? Our unconscious judgments and and then, of course, it isn't just judgments of external other people. It's judgment of ourselves. And, you know, you look at your friend who has, you know, long, lean legs. I will never have long, lean legs. I'm five foot two. <laughs> yeah, I'm five one. Not going to happen. <laughs> and, and you think, oh, you like her. She's better than me. She's more beautiful than me. But what is uniquely me? Mm-hmm. And uniquely me is different than what is uniquely you. And what's beautiful about each of us that's different. And you don't have to look like some established image of what is beautiful. And so then in addition to feeling bad about the things that are quote unquote less than perfect, we're also not enjoying and appreciating the beautiful, wonderful things about us. Yeah. We're too busy focusing on the stuff that we want to change or just even being mean to ourselves to have time to think these positive thoughts, which is really when change happens. Yeah. You need to change your thoughts in order for anything sustainable, whether that is a change with your food, your emotions, your relationships, anything, like you have to start with changing your thoughts, which I'm sure you would agree with. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and the tricky thing about that though, is that, you know, while there is a fake it till you make it aspect, you know, Mm -hmm. really just, you know, even if you're just practicing saying the words I love and accept myself exactly as I am or whatever, there's also, if there is shame and judgment, like deep down, those words are just a band-aid. And so that exploration of the deep down issues that formed it, and it's, and it's usually multiple, sometimes it's family of origin. You know, I have one client who, you know, was scarred at age 19 or 20 by a boyfriend who, who shamed her, even though she has a boyfriend who adores her in exactly the same body. Mm-hmm. And she, she still hears that old word, the old words from 20 years ago. Yeah. So you have to kind of do some work. It takes probably a little bit of work in order to uncover those for a lot of people. It's not just on the surface. Right. Yeah. And, and so often people don't realize the deep connections, even if they can tag something in the here and now, when their reaction to something that's the here and now, you know, like putting on a a dress from two years ago when it's too tight and, you know, the shame swells up. Mm -hmm. 
if the reaction is disproportionate to the event, which, which I think that is, there's probably something old that's riding on the coattails, you know? And when we can get down to that, and, you know, that is usually the work that is done in psychotherapy. I think that's hard to do on your own because we, yes. we can't see outside of our blinders. We can't see what we don't know. Right. So it seems like at this point, if this is all resonating with you and you know you have some underlying things that need to be uncovered still and worked through, then seeking out a professional would probably be the best answer. Yeah, absolutely. I obviously believe strongly in the power of psychotherapy to create enormous <laughs> healing and change. Uh, it's And it, I mean, this is going off topic, but I just, since we're on this, do you ever feel like people feel almost ashamed for having to get help to talk about their issues? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so sad. Yeah, there's the notion that you should be able to handle it yourself. Mm -hmm. Or another one I hear is, it happened 30 years ago. I need to just get over it. Mm -hmm. They say it with that disdain mm -hmm. that I'm showing in my voice, like just, just really shaming themselves for not being able to figure it out on their own. Yeah, it's so sad. But I mean, we all could probably use some professional guidance in this. So please don't feel that if you do decide that you need professional help. I think it'll be immensely helpful. Yeah. Before we get deeper into this episode, I want to talk to all you ladies out there with high blood sugar levels, which I know is quite a few of you. We have a special VIP offer for all of our Keto for Women listeners from our partners over at Herbaly, an organic wellness tea that supports healthy blood sugar levels. Did you know that there's actually an herbal tea that can help you take control of your blood sugar? All you need is one cup a day to start feeling its benefits. Herbaly is full of ingredients that are scientifically proven to lower your blood sugar and improve your overall health. Here are some of the health benefits you can expect when you drink herbally. Stable blood sugar levels, reduced sugar cravings, and improved digestion, increased energy levels, and a boost to your immune system. Sounds pretty great to me. Herbally Wellness Tea has a countless of five-star reviews, including this one from Linda M. I was dubious when I bought Herbally Tea as I've seen so many products claiming to help regulate glucose levels. I've only been using this for a few days, but I've seen lower fasting levels. I enjoy a nice relaxing cup of tea in the evening, and I love the flavor. I'll continue to use this product. There's also one from Janet K. who says that after just a few days, her husband started drinking this tea and his blood sugar levels were at the lowest ever. So it's good for your partners too. Herbaly is jam-packed with a blend of eight natural ingredients, including ginger, turmeric, and lavender petals, to name just a few. These herbs have been used and proven in holistic medicine for centuries, which means Herbaly's blend is 100% Sean approved. I love the holistic medicine approach for sure. No added sugar or artificial sweeteners either, another Sean approved item, but you'll be surprised at how naturally sweet and delicious this stuff tastes. We promise you will be going back for more. Best of all, you can enjoy a bag of Herbaly 100% risk-free with their 60-day money-back guarantee. Visit bloodsugar22.com and use the code bloodsugar22 to get 15% off your first order. Again, that's bloodsugar22.com. 
bloodsugar22.com and use the coupon code bloodsugar22 to get that 15% off your order plus their risk-free 60-day money-back guarantee. Thank you to Herbaly for sponsoring this episode of the Keto for Women show and helping bring the episode to air. All right, moving on. Now I want to talk about sexuality. Mm -hmm. Women are not very good at connecting with their sexuality. Would you agree? Oh my goodness, yes. It's actually one of my favorite things to help women through because it's our sexuality is part of our life force. Yeah. Oh, that's so, yeah, it's so great. So why are we so disconnected? Well, I think some of it may have to do with what we mentioned earlier, which is our idea of of what is sexy that we have absorbed through media is usually not us. Mm -hmm. And so therefore we feel embarrassed or ashamed of our bodies. So when you feel embarrassed and ashamed, that is antithetical to feeling sexy and feeling uninhibited. And I've looked at some research about what people find sexy in another person. And the interesting thing is they're not talking about the size of their lips or their breasts or their hips or their stomach or their height. It's that they are vibrant, Mm -hmm. that they feel comfortable in their bodies, that they walk with confidence and that the particular sensuality that many women feel very connected to when they allow it. Yes. And that they're also just passionate about things in their life, that they talk with excitement and enthusiasm about, you know, that they have a life that excites them. And that makes other people feel excited. Yes. And attracted. So it's not that we have to feel like we have a sexy body. Again, I'm using air quotes in order to connect with our sexuality. These are completely different things. Yeah. They're not a thing. Well, and I think the caveat I would put to that is part of feeling comfortable in your body is feeling healthy, feeling strong, feeling energetic. And I don't mean strong. I can, you know, bench press a hundred pounds. I mean that you aren't spending your day feeling tired and draggy and, you know, just not even wanting to touch your body because you feel so uncomfortable with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just comfort and confidence. Every single day, no matter what it is that you look like or whatever goals you may have, that's so huge. It's so huge. And so when we can... Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I was just saying there's this other thing about adorning ourselves Mm -hmm. that I think is actually really important. I don't think it's just a modern, you know, a Cosmo magazine inspired thing. Women have been adorning themselves and each other for millennia and treating yourself like you are worthy of being, of looking beautiful and feeling beautiful. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, I'll get new clothes when I lose weight. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, everything they're wearing is old and tight and uncomfortable. When I lost, I lost about 25 pounds about 10 years ago, 15 years ago after my stay at home mom days, mm-hmm. it started where I was like, all right, I'm tired of these. I went out and bought clothes that I felt comfortable and then I felt pretty in again, rather than just, you know, hanging around in sweatpants. And so that reconnected me with me, mm-hmm. with that part of me that I used to enjoy before I completely lost touch with it. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is really common. No matter what, no matter if you're a mom or not, whether you are a businesswoman or not, whatever it is, you still deserve to feel beautiful, to feel confident, to ha- to do what you need to do to get there. Even if you do want to still lose 50 pounds or whatever, you still have to every single day feel that. 
Right. And, and that is part of that making time for yourself. And there's not one right way to do it. You know, I explained what worked for me, but you know, whether it's spending time, you know, putting on makeup because you enjoy doing that or mm-hmm. taking a walk outside because you really like being outside in the sun, mm-hmm. not like an exercise walk. I'm going to go, you know, walk 5,000 steps, but just doing things that feel good in your body. And I think that there's a direct connection between feeling good in your body and feeling sexual. Yes. Again, there's a lot of intervening things that can interfere, but I do think that is a fundamental. And so then when when women are able to connect with their sexuality, how does that impact the rest of their lives? Like, why is that so important to us? So... Connecting with their sexuality starts with themselves, right? Feeling and loving yourself and connecting to that particular feminine polarity, however that expresses itself for you. And that is, there's not one way that has to look, but that you just feel comfortable and and alive. Mm -hmm. And then you are transmitting that. If you have a partner, you are transmitting that to them. And, you know, the other reality is, is that when you're, having sex that you enjoy. It's soothing. It's comforting. You know, we talked about the toolbox. Sex is certainly one of those tools. Mm-hmm. You feel connected to somebody else. You're feeling their, hopefully their loving acceptance of you. Mm-hmm. Mm, so important. Yeah. That's, that is all so important. Mm-hmm. All right. Now I want to move on to emotional eating. And we talked about this, obviously, we've kind of been brushing on it Mm -hmm. the entire episode, but more so you went on your own keto journey. I did. Not too long ago and went through the Fat Burning Female Project, which was awesome to have you. But you, in that process, kind of had your own little epiphany with something else that could be going on with emotional eating. Yeah, I was fascinated. Before I did the keto, I was generally a pretty healthy eater, Mm -hmm. but I was more even though it was like, quote unquote, good carbs, brown rice, and, you know, quinoa, and it was, there was still more carbs than I was realizing was good for me, which, you know, my body was clearly telling me. Mm-hmm. And that was what led me to keto. And I had always been somebody who I thought I needed to eat every three hours. Like I couldn't go too long without eating. Mm-hmm. And I would often label it as boredom eating or emotional eating. or And what I realized going through the keto program was... I wasn't hungry. And I would sometimes go five or six hours and realize I hadn't eaten. I wasn't thinking about it anymore. Mm-hmm. For so many people, this thing of their life is thinking about what they're going to eat next and preparing so they shouldn't be hungry and using it as, again, what they're calling boredom eating or hunger eating, I think may be at least in part, actually their body's reaction to the carb crash. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And they feel that feeling that they're associating, that they're tagging as, I mean, boredom or comfort eating. And really it's just your body, the, the insulin cycle or all the other things that are contributing. And, you know, of course it's never hard for us to look at into our day and tag something as the cause of our boredom or our need for emotional comfort, right? I mean- throughout the day we have stuff. Right. But what if it isn't emotional eating? What if some piece of it is, this is just because I am eating too many carbs and I'm not having enough protein and fat. Mm -hmm. 
And in some ways that can eliminate a whole aspect of what we've been talking about, which is, you know, looking at what are the emotional aspects of eating. Right. And this is why I think it's so important, even though I don't believe in diets and food rules and all that stuff, I still really get behind the keto transition because I think it's really important for women to stabilize their blood sugar in the way that you're talking about. It makes it so much easier to understand when you truly are emotional eating and also really be able to get in touch with yourself and be able to eat intuitively because that's going to be really hard to eat intuitively when your blood sugar is crashing. Right. And you need to figure it out. Not only when your blood sugar is crashing, but maybe you're not recognizing that as a blood sugar crash. Exactly. Yeah. You have, you don't have that connection made. Right. If if that exhausted feeling is, oh, I'm so tired from my day, or I'm so exhausted from that meeting, or I'm so upset and I'm just going to go have, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. So I think I, I love that you brought that up. And I love that that was something that you saw in your own journey, because that is one of the biggest bonuses, biggest benefits of doing the Fat Burning Female Project going keto is women are like, all of a sudden, I'm not emotionally eating, like I'm not hungry, I'm going hours without even thinking about food. And that just opens the door to like this world where you can actually really get in touch with your body and what it truly wants and needs without these forces, which like insulin is a pretty strong force. Like it's going to drive you straight to the refrigerator when you need food. So if you can get that under control, then you have a lot more ability to connect with your body in that way to understand what it truly wants and needs. So regulating the blood sugar, I think is a huge piece to where we can then be really free Mm -hmm. and really connected with our body when it comes to food. So I'm glad that you noticed that too. Yeah. 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 Yay. So exciting. All right. Now, last thing you mentioned this in our notes, we have some notes here about what we were going to talk about. And you brought up these locus of control, which I had not ever heard of until last night I was reading a book. So this is perfect. I was reading a book. I'm kind of trying to learn more about why people overeat. And this was something that was brought up in terms of goals. So creating goals where there's two different types. There's external locus of control versus internal locus of control. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think we all are going to be able to connect with this for sure. Absolutely. And those are sort of jargony terms that actually just refer to where do we look to get our information about ourselves? So if you can only feel okay inside, if everything around you is just so, which is a very typical anxiety pattern, then you spend your energy fixing everything around you, which honestly, really, we only have a certain amount of control over. Yeah. And so we're always trying to fix everything okay, everything out there to feel okay in here, as opposed to internal locus of control, which means... Regardless of what's going on around me, I can feel okay in here because I have all of these ways to handle what's coming up. I'm aware of what's coming up inside of me and I know how to handle it. And a way that might specifically apply to your listeners is here's all these things I should eat and I shouldn't eat out there. Here's the list. Or I'm going to follow this diet or that diet or whatever. And rather than let me experiment with different things and see how I feel. Paying attention to, you know, you're talking about the food cues. How does a particular food make me feel? As opposed to how does it make somebody else feel? You know, you've talked about eating sweet potatoes again. Mm -hmm. You've discovered internally 
that they feel good in your body. Mm-hmm. The reality is they don't feel good in my body. That doesn't make sweet potatoes right or wrong. It's just, they're different. Right. If I'm following what's right for you, the external locus of control, I'm not paying attention to what's right for me. How does that food make me feel? Hmm. So then is it a place where we'd kind of want to be able to see past that external locus of control? Well, I think what it is, is starting to pay attention to more how we're feeling, what we're needing, and also to be able to pull that apart from what we think other people think or what they think we should think. So starting with yourself rather than starting from the outside. It's not to say that we, we don't have needs for you know doing things in the outside or getting useful information from the outside, but just because somebody else says it doesn't mean it's true for you. That's something that only you can test in yourself. Do you find that people have a hard time getting into this internal place where they can understand that? It's almost like the external is bearing entry from that. Oh, it is such a powerful force for people to shift that focus of paying attention to how they feel first, going back to, again, prioritizing their own needs, being aware of how they're functioning and trusting themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we so tip our preference to what other people think about us or what other people think we should be doing versus what feels right inside. And that is a journey of learning to listen to it and to tell the difference between intuition and fear inside of us. Yeah. When I was reading this book, the example she gave, I was like, oh man, this is a lot of people that listen to this podcast, which was saying, I'm just putting in keto here. I'm doing keto for health, but then really in the back of their mind, they're like, but I also need to lose 20 pounds for my daughter's wedding coming up. Right. And so like, that's really the driving force, but they're saying I'm doing keto for health but then they also have this other like little thing here that's kind of more important. Right. And then that sets them up for failure. Exactly. And I think one of the biggest gifts you have given to your listeners is this notion of this isn't a quick fix. Mm-hmm. This is something that may happen over months or years of transitioning and healing your body. And also the whole like stop weighing yourself. That was such a gift to me personally. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Like it isn't about how much you weigh, it's how you feel. Yes. Another perfect example of internal versus external locus of control. And the interesting thing is I lost maybe one pound on the keto diet. I feel so much better. My clothes fit better. Like it wasn't about, oh, this wasn't a success because I didn't lose weight. It was a success because of how I feel. And now you have a lot more information about yourself and it's become a lifestyle. You're learning how to make this work for you and it changes every day, but you are very in touch with how things make you feel. Right. Which is all it takes. Right. And there's an interesting thing that happens that a lot of women struggle with not wanting to feeling deprived because they're already depleted, right? So you mean that you're going to take away my ice cream too? You know? Yeah. And I think when we start to pay attention, the thing that draws us stops becoming so compelling because A, we're already filling ourselves up in other ways mm-hmm. that are healthy and replenishing. And then we're more aware of how those comfort foods make us feel. For instance, the other day I was just like, oh my gosh, I just want to go get pho. Hadn't had it in you know months and months. I had this delicious bowl. I literally had to go home and nap. Mm, yeah. 
And now when I think about it, it is completely unappealing. Absolutely. I felt so awful. And so again, internal checking, okay, I love this delicious food, but it doesn't make me feel good anymore. It's not good for me. And that just kind of turns off that desire. Yes. When you really have tapped into it. And then you aren't in deprivation mode. Mm -hmm. You don't feel like you're missing out. Right. You aren't depriving yourself. That's something a lot of women struggle with, of feeling deprived when they think about making changes. But when you can shift that mindset, it isn't deprivation. It's actually this lovely self-care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay. One small thing before we go, I just have to touch on this because you ended our notes with a quote from what you call one of the fathers of modern psychology, Carl Rogers, which says, the curious paradox is that when I accept myself just as I am, then I can change. Yes. That gives me chills. Yes. Me too. <laughs> what, a, what a great thought. And this is something kind of sums up everything that we're talking about is this idea of self-acceptance as you are today. Mm-hmm. And that's when things can change. Yeah. And it is a paradox that is completely inexplicable. I think it's that we're often fighting against ourselves. And so we create this tug of war. You know, I was talking about the shame, feeling shame makes you feel bad and it makes you retreat. And then you keep the cycle going. Mm-hmm. of emotional eating, for instance. Mm-hmm. It's like when you stop and soften, there's finally room. Mm. There's finally room for you. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Laura, you are just the best. We could do this all day. Well, thank you. This so <laughs> was really great. So tell people a little bit more. Now they're going to be all curious about what you do, where you are. You have a website. Tell people about that, where else they can find any work that you do. So I have a private practice in Denver in the Lowry neighborhood for the local listeners. Denver Counseling for Women is my website. And yeah, I'm, I'm in full-time private practice. I love it. It's so great. Do you see people from a distance? Well, there are some tricky rules around that with the licensing board that we're still sort of trying to figure out. So in the role of psychotherapy, I can't do distance therapy. Gotcha. Okay. But I do have some people who like travel to Denver. Mm -hmm. So I see them, you know, when they're here and it's occasionally okay to, you know, kind of maybe do a follow up or something. Yeah. Video session or something, but Well, we have lots of local listeners, so I'm sure they'll be getting in touch. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for coming on. It was really a great conversation. Like I said, I just want to keep talking to you because it just means so much. Everything that you're saying is so critical to all these ladies, like their health, their longevity, feeling good about themselves. It's so important. Well, thank you. This is super fun. And you know, when I discovered you about six months ago on your podcast, it was just so thrilling, just personally, but also in both of our shared role of helping women, mm-hmm. your approach to helping women think about themselves and food and their bodies is just completely, like you said, we are just soul sisters in helping yes. women move forward. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, we'll have to do this again. I'm sure everyone would love that. So we'll be in touch. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much, Sean. Thank you. Thank you.